Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 203. Wow. You got Chris and Brian. And today we're going to talk somewhat about like future logistics and things you should stock up on um, before stuff gets politically weird. Uh, it seems like things are already getting weird um, without an election coming up in yeah. about a year and a half, you know, with big time train derailments and CBRN events. Yep. Um, within 200 miles of here, uh, you know, massive earthquakes and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, wars in Ukraine and whatnot. So the world's gotten a little spooky. Again. Uh, yeah. Not that it hasn't been yeah. spooky. Or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, some things um, on the, call it on the gun side that in previous politically sensitive times, be that after Sandy Hook, be that after Obama got elected, uh, stuff that got real hard to find that you may want to stock up on before it gets hard to find. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just going to run through some of those things. Yeah. And guys, you know, going back to, you know, post post elections, um, you know, the last time around with, with Biden going into office, we had the summer of love 2020. Um, and, and that was and that was when their guy won. Um, it still got weird and got violent and got messy. If you go back to, you know, there was there was a lot of unrest, or, you know, around Trump winning and stuff like that, too. And so, you know, I, I don't the Republican Party. Um, shows a, a uncanny ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory repeatedly. Um, and so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always concerned about what they can screw up um, every time we turn around, both locally and on the national level. Um, but like Brian said, the world getting weird, uh, weird things, bad things generally happen after elections when the good guys win because the bad guys don't know how to play nice or deal with a loss. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so you know, just thinking through some of this stuff, um, we have a good friend of ours who, who is a future thinker. Um, he is a leverage guy. He's usually ahead of the game on this kind of stuff. And so as I run through kind of the, the mats, the mat mentality, the mat list, um, the Matty Bumbalati list, uh, is going to be, uh, ammo. Yeah. Ammo. Um, ammo prices under the Trump administration were at a 17 year low to the extent that companies like federal, federal very nearly went out of business. They they actually hedged a bet on doing a rebate to you on their cheap ammo that was 25% off if you submitted the rebate. They hedged a bet that it that they needed to move ammo badly enough out of their storage, their warehouses, their manufacturing facilities. They needed it to move badly enough that they did a 25% rebate to you, the end user, banking that as Americans you'd be lazy and not file it. And a lot of you bought ammo and didn't. Enough of you bought ammo and didn't file that that rebate. Um, that it, it helped them scrape by for a few months until the next election emergency, whatever. So that was when COVID happened. Exactly. And, like, the exactly. And, and, and they went from one end of the spectrum to the other. They went from not being able to sell a bullet to not being able to make anywhere near enough fast enough. So, you know, um, you know, it, it, the, the, the rapidity with which these things change, the velocity with which the vector changes, the direction changes is, is astonishing over the last decade in this market. So uh, right now um, you can find, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to be in a place where we're going to have case um, cases of nine millimeter, 240, 250 a case, um, you know, somewhere in that price range. As, as we make this podcast, we have ammo inbound um, for, for fairly good prices. Not the, unfortunately, not the, the 169, 189 yeah. you were seeing under the Trump administration, or you know, $200 a case, whatever. But we do have case lots of ammo back in on the way at good prices. Finally, um, when querying our distributor reps about where the bottom of this is, 
I got two different guys said the same thing, literally like in two different completely independent conversations. I, I said, when's the market going to bottom out on this? And they said a dollar ago. And here we are. Yeah. You know, they were all expecting ammo to bottom out, you know, a, a dollar ago and it keeps going down. And so that tells me that, you know, now's a really good time to buy a few cases of nine, put it away. Look at what your ammo usage is over maybe a two-year period um, in your primary calibers and the stuff you train with. For me, that's going to be nine millimeter and five, five, six. Um, you know, a little bit of shotgun here and there and a little bit of this, that, and the other stuff here and there is all accessory stuff that I probably can get through. Um, the other thing you may look at on top of buying nine and five, five, six, um, in five, five, six, I'm not sure where the price is, how much further they're going to go. They've been a lot more slow to react to the market in five, five, six, because I just don't think anywhere near as much of it gets sold. Yeah. Um, the other thing you may look at is, you know, there was probably a two and a half year period where it was super hard to get high quality defensive ammo, like federal HST. Um, 135 grain, um, what's the Hornady Critical Duty 135s, yeah. the Spear Gold Dots, um, all of those truly effective premium ammo options were, were super, super hard to get a hold of. Um, so anyway, bearing that in mind, um, you know, we're going to be looking at, so with prices at, you know, literally some, some chasing back down from the lowest we've seen in a couple years, availability coming back on things that we haven't been able to get. Um, and some stuff like that in the market and then understanding we're a year and a half out from an election now is definitely the time to start buying ammo. Um, you know, again, look at what you do over a year or two in nine in your primary carry, your primary defensive gun. And then if you run with a rifle, a fair amount to train with it too. Maybe look at trying to pick up a year or two's worth of ammo and get that backlog going, um, that backup going to cover yourself for that. Um, you know, the ammo is probably the biggie. The other thing I'd throw out there, um, if you have kids, especially young kids, um, over the next couple of years, you know, they go from like four to six years old and six to eight years old and eight to 10 years old really quick. Two years is a blink of an eye when you have kids. So maybe look at picking up 22 ammo while it's plentiful because maybe you're going to want to get the younglings out there and, and t learn how to shoot, learn how yeah. to, you know, learn how to gun proof them when they're young, how to make them comfortable, capable and safe with the weapon. Um, and, 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 you know, that 22 ammo is great for that. In addition, um, during a couple of these weird little blips, things like conversion kits, ammo prices went nuts. Conversion kits went away. You couldn't get them. Most of the companies that make good quality conversion kits like CMMG um, for the rifles and then like uh, Advantage Arms for the pistols, those are super plentiful right now, um, but almost impossible to get as soon as things go sideways because those are really small companies. Um, so from an ammo perspective and then ammo storage things too, um, along with ammo storage, maybe look at how you're going to store it. You know, some of, some of us are comfortable, you know, chuck it in the basement on a rack and going on. Uh, some of you want to have secure storage for your ammo. That's fine too. And, you know, so going along with that, things like some of the safes and stuff like that, that tend to go away when stuff gets weird, uh, are plentiful. And even if it's not like a fire safe or something high yeah. end, it can still just be a lockup to keep it secure, depending on where you live and where you're at with that. So anything to add to the ammo end of it? Yeah, a lot of it, you know, when you start thinking about what do you shoot on a monthly basis? Yeah. You know, what's the range strip look like? You know, do the math on that over 12 months. Yeah. And then over, you know, 24 months, 36 months, et cetera. Because uh, it is, it's super frustrating when, you know, there's an opportunity, opportunity to take a class or do something cool. And all of a sudden you realize the ammo bill is going to be twice or three times. Yeah. Prohibitive. The, the training opportunity is. Yeah. And then you can't do it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I remember after Sandy Hook, 
back when gas was stupid expensive under Obama. Yeah. And we were spending more in gas than we were in ammo going to the range, and both of them were crazy expensive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's just, that's not fun. No. And like I said, anything you could do to get ahead of that to, so that you put yourself in a position to capitalize on that opportunity, whether it be whether it be your regular training or, you know, and not like if during COVID, um, yeah. you know, we have a group of guys that we train with on a regular basis. I, I, most of us didn't slow down. I mean, most of us really weren't seriously concerned about ammo. It's like, okay, well, we still want to do what we want to do. Um, the other thing I noticed is that I'm, I'm uh, a member at a couple different gun clubs and um, like shooting events like IDPA matches, USPSA matches, multi-gun matches, things of that nature. Um, th at one point, you know, we're looking at, hey, do we back off the round count for these events? Um, because people are worried about being able to find ammo and this, that, and the other. And the resounding response from the people who actually do that stuff on a regular basis for whom that's their hobby, that's their training, that's their passion. There, those people are saving. They were they were making more ammo, or putting ammo aside, yeah. or putting ammo. You know, have been buying ammo and had bulked up, and they wanted. That's like, no, no, no. This is when I get to train. This is when I get to practice. This is when I get to do what I want to do, or this is my sport. So I'm. Yeah. I have the ammo to do this. Um, you know, it, those folks are ready to rock and roll. So I know that a lot of ranges learned that people don't want you to back off on the round count for a match. They want to go shoot. That's why they're there. Um, so you're, so if you are on the edge of, do I have enough ammo to go shoot a match or go shoot a class, you're likely going to find yourself not having enough ammo because yeah. the people who are paying for the experience are paying for the experience. They're going to drive. They want to do the experience, which means they want to go shoot a high round count match because they may not be shooting a lot elsewhere. They may be doing more yeah. dry fire, et cetera, to make up for it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, that whole plan ahead thing, I know I hate even talking about elections this far in advance uh but the reality check is you know as we do this podcast nikki haley threw her hat in the ring yesterday um you know hopefully it hits trump in the head on the way and knocks him out <laughs> and he can't find his way into the ring and we can vote for an actual conservative yeah. um you know who 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 can manage her twitter account properly so yeah yeah um what else besides yeah. bullets? Let's bullets. Let's... Well, bullets need a device called a magazine to feed them into ah, the gun. Ah, logic. Um, yeah, having extra mags Damn is a good you with thing. your linear thinking, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if we think about a low-intensity conflict, uh, magazines are very much a consumable item. Yep. Um, just from a training perspective and stuff, it's really nice to have dedicated training mags that are different from your serious use mags. Yep. Uh, you know, that way training mags can get dirty and stay dirty. And if they get lost, it's not a real big deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, having, you know, extra P mags for the rifle, uh, extra mags for the pistol. Uh, we've seen, you know, especially over the last year, uh, certain manufacturers that sound like Smith and Wesson and SIG yeah. and Springfield uh, be very hard to get. And I guess like HK and CZ and yeah. everybody, essentially everybody that makes handguns that isn't Glock. Yeah. Um, their mags be really hard to get um, from time to time. Uh, so stocking up on, you know, pistol mags, yeah. um, be that 320s, be that 365s, uh, MP 2.0s, um, Hellcats. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. having. However many mags you think you should have, you should probably have twice that. I would exactly. I'm just um, gonna say that. More. That's funny. Double it or more. Uh, yeah. If you think the three mags, two or three mags, your gun came with is enough, and you double that, you're you're probably still not even close. Um, I'm a nerd. If I'm gonna buy a semi-automatic weapon, I want I want ten or twelve mags for that weapon, 
even yeah. if it's a one-off. If I get into a Glock where I have a few of the same Glock set up, then I want lots and lots and lots and lots. Um, and there may be a conversation too where you look at saying, okay, I keep you know three or four mags loaded with with party ammo, you know, with with the serious stuff. Maybe I want that many more pristine virgin mags that haven't been loaded or have been loaded and shot through a mag to make sure they function properly and go on. Uh, maybe I want those set aside yeah. just in case kind of mentality. Um, again, back to the logistics end of this, you know, guys that have been in the military, they're like, well, let's throw more mags at you. Well, you're not in the military, you know, and if this is a low intensity, stupid thing in your neighborhood or whatever, um, you know, no one's going to be throwing mags at you. They're going to be hoarding them. So, you know, having a few of them laying around is going to be a good thing. But then it also gives you that opportunity that is some of your training mags as you realize, because you bought ammo ahead of time, as you start to realize some of your older training mags are a little bit beat up and dysfunctional, yeah. you can demill them and make them go away or rebuild them and go on, whatever the case may be. So my experience has been over the last 10 years, if a mag is old enough and used hard enough that it's no longer working properly, it's probably not worth rebuilding because there's probably a newer generation that is just better enough that it's worth it. And when you start talking Glock and PMAGs, Glock and Magpul, um, you know, then you get into a situation where there's a newer generation that's yeah. a better mousetrap anyway. And for the price point, just buy freaking new mags and go on. Yeah. Not to say you can't donate those old mags to somebody and make them their training mags. Maybe somebody else needs them. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, to add to that with the mags yes. um, and the whole low intensity conflict thing, um, having a few 20 rounders around is a really good idea. Yeah. Um, this is, we we're, we're still think Columbus is stupid and illegal and all that with their mag ban. This is absolutely not about that. Um, but yeah, having some 20s around makes it easier to move things from time to time. Yes. Um, and we'll just leave it at that. Yes, we will leave it at that, but you know what we're saying. So, And it's also nice to zero the gun with. Um, if you're shooting yep. off a bench, a 20-round mag's a little lower. It doesn't go below the grip of the gun. So it has some utility outside of things that are a little less spooky. So, Or outside of things that are a little more spooky in this case. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, magazines, spare parts? Yeah. How bolt, about that? Yeah, spare parts. Yeah. Um, so, pistols. Recoil springs. Recoil springs over and over and over again. You know, even even Glock Perfection still has a has a, a wear point, has a PM. I need a new spring every five to ten thousand rounds, whatever the case may be. Um, firing pin springs, same conversation. Trigger return springs. Trigger return springs. If you're running Gen three and Gen four guns, if you've gotten to Gen five, um, I don't know what the service life is. I'll, I'll, I have a guy I can ask on that. What the service life is supposed to be on a Gen five trigger return spring. Um, but it's significantly greater than previous editions. Um, and then the other things like, you know, again, if you're running Gen 3 and 4 Glock specifically, because that's what I know well, um, your takedown latch spring that's in the frame of the gun um, is a leap type spring. Um, it's a weird one. You should have a couple of those on hand, uh, you know, and then go through whatever spare parts, you know, you think you might need, you know, grab a couple of this, couple of that kind of thing. And whatever system it is that you work with, you can likely go online and go to some of the forums and just see what the wear points are. Um, or maybe contact the manufacturer and just say, hey, you know, I have XYZ gun. It's long in the tooth. What am I looking at? What kind of pieces parts should I have for this thing? And most of them, I, I don't know what kind of conversations they'll have with you because I think it depends on the manufacturer yeah. to a large extent, uh, what they're willing to tell you. And so maybe it is you go to your local gunsmith as well and say, hey, can you know can you can you order me some spare parts you know for this monster to have around mm -hmm. just in case? Um, but with pistols, you know that kind of thing. Um, if you have a gun that's probably you know 
five to 10 years old, um, maybe look at changing your sights out preemptively. If you've got tritium sights on the gun too, if you're five to 10 years down the road, um, who knows what weirdness will befall with that too and having fresh sights on the gun, a little bit more visibility, especially if you're not running an optic. Um, yeah. If you are running an optic, batteries. So yeah, throw that one out there too. Yeah. You should be doing that every year, but still having spare batteries is not a good thing. Lithium batteries have a 10 year shelf life. So there's no reason to not have a handful of them somewhere yeah. in a range bag or whatever. So uh, rifles. Yeah, bolts. 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 Um, I don't know that I'm worried about a bolt carrier group, but a bolt, bolts, bolts wear out. Yep. Um, <clears throat> again. Um, BCG, if you got lowers, yep. a line around, you should have a full BCG for every lower. I would agree with that because that allows you to swap <clears throat> top ends and whatnot, move yeah. stuff around, you know, and go on from there. Um, if you are changing out BCGs, I would also request politely that you go to someplace like Brownells and order a, a field gauge or a no-go gauge to confirm headspace if you are swapping out bolts. Um, generally, a worn bolt in a in a worn barrel is what creates issues or something that's just horrifically out of spec one way or the other. Um, but having a field gauge or a no-go gauge to just quickly check and make sure it's gonna be safe if you start swapping stuff out, especially if one or the other is used, um, is, is really a good idea. Uh, or, or taking it to a gunsmith, you know, yeah. taking it to Kevin and having Kevin check it for you, whatever the case may be. Uh, assuming that you can, but we're talking about right. preempting it so you don't have to worry about it. Um, along with rifles, uh, buffer springs. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're running an AR system type gun, buffer springs. Um, if you're running an AK type system, um, I would keep some extra sand around so that just in case it starts acting funny, you can throw sand in it because AKs will run no matter what. And if you put sand in them, they actually run better. I just made that up. Don't don't do that. I don't. I don't know what parts you buy for an AK. I'm sure you can get recoil spring yeah. systems. Um, I'm sure there's some other stuff in there. I don't know. Maybe trigger springs. But I just. I don't know what fails on an AK. Um, uh, so, if, so yeah. if somebody knows this, you're in the shop. Let us know what wears out on an AK, other than the user. Um, so yeah, the, us, the user. Yeah, yeah mag. Yeah, the user gets old, and then it goes to the next guy. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, your, again, your other systems, Google it, see what's going on, see what wears yeah. out, see what you should have on hand, what kind of replacement yeah, extra, stuff you need. If you're shooting suppressed, have an extra safety detents, yep. the pins, because um, those will get covered in schmutz, yep. and then they get crunchy, and the easy solution to make it, make the safety selector work nice and smooth again is you just replace the detent pin. Yep. Most of those detents, those pins, are, are steel, they're, if they're good quality, they're good yeah. quality steel, but most of them are plated. And essentially the crap inside the gun, the carbon and everything else acts as sandpaper or a, a, yeah. a grit of sort to polish stuff and to grind through stuff. And it does eventually grind through stuff. And that is one of the things we see, um, you know, so along with that, maybe cleaning supplies, you know, yeah. I'm not saying you gotta go buy gallons of slip or whatever, but you know, having a, a, a couple bottles of slip in reserve and then a couple yeah. bottles of whatever your favorite cleaner is in reserve. Um, the green stuff from Slip, the Carbon Killer, um, I have a couple bottles of that stuff that I've had for a decade. I've had since like probably West Jeff that I've never opened and that they, they look just like the one that I opened last week kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe some of that stuff put aside. Um, as far as like patches and stuff like that, old t-shirts, old underwear, old shirts, whatever. Um, if it's something that's torn up enough, you can't donate it to Goodwill or whatever, you know, cut it up into patches and go on. Um, you know, high quality dress shirts actually make really nice patches when they yep. get to a point where they can't. Or you can just enter this millennium and use a boar snake. Bingo. Well, no, I'm talking about like hardcore cleaning, but absolutely. Yeah. The boar snake should be, I think the boar snake should be with the gun. 
in the gun case or whatever, yeah. you know, or if you, you know, have an extended patrol pack, that's something that should be an extended patrol pack kind of thing, um, for sure. So, um, you know, beyond that, again, batteries, you got optics on rifles and stuff like that. Batteries are a good idea. On, on rifles, I'm, I'm almost going to say that a spare optic is not a bad idea. Um, even even the most end-of-the-world rated type optics, uh, and I, I throw out Aimpoint T2s as kind of like the benchmark yeah. for the most durable thing out there. I'll probably put a Trichicon MRO right behind that, um, if not next to it, right behind it. And then the Holosun stuff, their rifle, especially their newer rifle stuff, is ridiculously durable. The AEMSs and their small tubular optics will hold their own as long as they're the go-to-war versions. Um, but a spare optic is probably not a bad idea because if you start banging around with a rifle in the world, um, you know, it, it takes a lot more abuse when you're playing with it yeah. every day for hours a day. Um, and again, heaven forbid, hope we don't ever get to something like that. But if that's the case, having a spare one would be a good idea. And also if you got a neighbor who's got a gun set up from like 1973, maybe that's something that you want to, you know, help them fix too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else besides that stuff? Um, a spare rifle definitely a spare handgun you know and again that's one of those things for you in case yours craps out um you know and i, and I kind of think you know i'm a parent of spare mentality kind of guy I, I don't have a whole lot i don't own a lot of guns personally but i've got you know things that all rhyme to back each other yeah. up when we say you know spare handgun or spare rifle we're talking about the whole system yeah so you know when you're talking the pistol that means a holster mag carriers you know full set of mags yep you know, proper sights in the gun, if you're on the flashlight on the gun, yep. like this should be an identical copy of your primary. Yeah, like literally um, like your primary goes down, you go to the safe, grab the other gun and put it in the same holster and go on. Yeah. Yeah, no thought, no nothing. You know, if, gun. It's, if it's a rifle, you know, having the optic, backup sights, sling, yep. flashlight. Yep. Um, if you're running, you know, lever, like a bad lever, that kind of stuff. Yep. You want to have exactly the same thing so yes. you can just grab it and rock and roll. Yeah, not think about it. Um, and, and, you know, that, again, a parent of spare or one is, you know, mm -hmm. one is none kind of mentality. How Whatever cliche you want to utilize, um, if you actually need it, then it's a good thing to have it. Yeah. Uh, another kind of kind of random thing on the rifle side, but if you are running suppressors, um, having extra muzzle devices, you know, for future uppers. Because mm -hmm. uh, those muzzle devices have been, over the last three years, really hard to track down at yeah. certain times. Anything good quality can be yeah. can be tough to chase down. Uh, and those, those devices tend to be very proprietary. Yeah. Uh, and suppressor companies on the overall are very small companies. Yes. Yeah, when things get weird and everything ramps up, they have a hard time scaling and catching up. And then when they do, they get burnt for it, so a lot of them just don't do it. They just say, sorry, yeah. this is where we're at, you know. Um, yeah, so as you chase down, get into some of this stuff, um, you know, most of you out there that are carrying around a, a rifle or that have a, a oh, oh, poo poo kit going on also have med gear. Um, this would be a great time to go through and look at your med gear and say, you know, hey, what are the dates on tourniquets? What are the dates on quick clot? What are the dates on this, that, and the other? Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of like, you know, is this a Best Buy date or an expiration date? Is it an expiration date that has to be on there? for the government or for the police agency because they have to replace it in a timely fashion for liability purpose, blah, 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 blah. Um, if it's you and yours that you're protecting and using med gear on, I don't think it's worth the risk. And I think you can take your old med gear and throw it in a bag with training gear. And in, a, in, in that same bag can be the, oh crap, things have really gone sideways. Here's a bunch of extra stuff to throw yeah. at the neighbors and friends and family and whatnot, if absolutely needed kind of thing, um, you know, and, and get there if you need to. Um, but you know, definitely take a look at your med gear, run through that, do a do a 
uh, inventory and make sure what's up to date, what's yep. not. Make sure you know where you're at and start chasing that stuff down. That is, Medgear is still miserable. Because a lot of that, I don't know if it's going to Ukraine. I'm assuming it's going overseas or going to guys who are going overseas or whatever. Yeah. Um, but some of the major companies that we've been able to get this stuff from for literally a couple, a decade or more um, have been consistently out of stock for things like um, NPAs, for things like chest seals, for things like tourniquets, for things like four-inch pressure dressings, probably one of the most common things you should yeah. have in a med kit, um, have been off and on out of stock or have significant delays. So again, getting ahead of that's probably a really good idea. Yep. So, um, we could go on and on and on about this, but is there anything yeah. else you'd want to throw out there? Yeah. Other thing I'd say, having you know tactical nylon pouches, packs, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, that stuff usually doesn't get real crazy. Yeah. Um, but if everybody in the world needs it at the same time, then it will get crazy. Yep. Because um, the good gear manufacturers again are relatively small companies. Yep. Um, they can't scale super fast. Um, but having you know a basic chest rig or a battle belt, um, at least you know pouches to hold, mags, med gear, uh, stuff like that. Yep. You know have that squared away, be able to train with it, have it set up um, again before you need it. Yeah. So yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you'll be going into into the combats with your tactical West Virginia luggage. Yep. yep which yep, is yep. kind of noisy. Yeah, um, it, it, it's noisy and it's not efficient, etc. Not really that durable either. Yep. Exactly. So yeah. Uh, anything else to add to that? I mean, I think that's kind of the gist of it around the guns. I'm sure there's other small niche things that fit with your weapon systems. Um, if you know your system, then you know what you need to go along with it. Make sure you have some duplicity. Make sure you have some spares, you know, and be able to back yourself up because if things get weird, that's how it's going to be. It'll be you. Yep. So, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. Uh, on that note, you can check out our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. As long as the commie bastards and the robots at Meta let us stick around. Uh, on Caps on Facebook, search for Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters too. Uh, yeah, on our website, CapCityOutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or link to purchase suppressors via our storefront over at SilencerShop.com. Uh, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter that comes out on Fridays or drop us an email to info at CapCityOutfitters.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, and Saturday, 10 to 3. Um, we're in front of the Ollies. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.